WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Do certain people have a special ability to photograph paranormal events? If so, why? Can a deep interest in the paranormal make you more prone to paranormal experiences? Hey there, and welcome to the 482nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and uh, those profound questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. We're soon catching up to our 500th edition. Yeah. Uh, This evening, we bring you a guest who has some uh, similar seniority in the paranormal as uh, my dad and... Well, my dad, uh, but who has uh, who has come to different conclusions? Uh, we welcome your calls if you desire to uh, favor us with your voice. The number is two four eight five four five seven six eight five. Again, that's two four eight five four five seven six eight five. Well, before we begin, a reminder that we will have a drawing on our Monday, October seventh show for two free family packs of four tickets each to the first New England UFO conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts, on Saturday, October twenty sixth. Among the speakers will be some of the UFO experts who are regulars on our show, Stan Friedman, Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, among others. And Ben and I will be there ourselves to interview them before a live audience, and they'll take questions from the audience as well. We'll figure out how to do that at some point. All you have to do is enter... um, I'm sorry, all you have to do to enter is send an email to us at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or drop us a snail mail at behindtheparanormal, care of... W-O-O-N, 1240 AM, 985 Park Avenue, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 02895. Please include your name, address, and phone number. That is first and last name. There's no charge to enter since since we're already receiving entries from everywhere. We should point out that the drawing is only for the tickets. It is not an all-expenses-paid trip. Uh, It does not provide transportation or accommodations if you win and happen to live in Australia. And again, the drawing will take place on the air on Monday, October 7th. Okay, now to our guest finally. Jim Kelly is a native of western New York State, born in Allegheny, New York, in 1949. As Jim puts it, quote, My gift is my ability to photograph spirits. Since completing my story and posting it on the Internet, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I have been a guest speaker at the Hinsdale, New York Haunted House, and I've been to Lilydale on two occasions at their request showing my photographs. Lilydale, is, a, by the way, is a spiritualist community in western New York, not far from Lake Erie. Jim and his wife, Sherry, live in Olean, New York. You can find out more about Jim at www.livingwiththeparanormal.weebly.com. Weebly is W-E-E-B-L-Y. Jim Kelly, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Welcome. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. So great. you have had a really paranormal life, uh, quote-unquote. And what does that actually mean? Well, it was not by my choosing. It was all sort of accidental. But it happened to me, and I have accepted it. Um, I was a walk-on in a documentary movie at the Hinsdale House, and then rumors were that uh, the house was going to be knocked down, so I went and I took a picture of the house. Six months later, um, I went down the road where the hanging tree is. That's where people were hung, and I took a picture of that also. And that's where it all started is when I took a picture of the place known as the hanging tree, and that is a live, active vortex. And uh, we took the photograph when we got home, and we got looking at it, and things just 
weren't right in there. Thing, there was a lot of color in the photo where there shouldn't have been any color at all. Then uh, my nephew, um, he blew them up to an 8 by 10 on his computer, and sure enough, I had captured souls uh, from different periods in time. I have uh, There's a couple Roman people in there. One is uh, swinging a sword. One is holding like a javelin or scepter or whatever. Then there's a couple demonic-looking things in there. There's a uh, whole circle of human heads and just really bizarre stuff. Did, so, you, did you say Romans? Yes, Romans back in the days of, of uh, you know, Christ, back in that period of time. They've got their white robes on and the whole thing. Now, one thing that's in my store that isn't in my story, I finished that in August of 2012. Since that time, my photographs have gotten more and more angelic, or spiritual is what my wife would call them, hmm. where more and more people are showing up with the white robes and stuff, and a lot of these are showing up in the vortex. And that one just, you mentioned in Hinsdale? Yes, oh, right. Okay. How, how big is that? How wide is it? I mean, the physically. The, the vortex, you mean? Yeah. Oh, it's probably 30 or 40 feet. It's where there was an actual tr hanging tree where the settlers back in the 1800s uh, would rob people, and a lot of them got hung in this tree. So all that's left of the tree now is just like dead branches and, and few remaining things like that. That's why New Englanders are uneasy with New Yorkers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, uh, how would you define a vortex? How would I define a vortex? Yeah, exactly. one thing I want to do tonight is you and I are of a similar, as Ben says, seniority in this field. Okay, mm -hmm. I would and say I, I a kind of um, wanted to see what your definitions are compared. And, and you know, I, we 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 respect all views on this show. Mm -hmm. We have I our own. We could be wrong. So, yeah, I would say that a vortex is a portal, an opening from this world into another world. Mm -hmm. And the day I took this first photo, we went back twenty minutes later. Characters and individuals completely changed. They were not the same ones that were there as when I took the first photograph. Very interesting. I've, I've run into similar situations myself. Uh-huh. And anybody that's out there in the listening audience, if they know of anyone that has ever taken a picture of a vortex, I would sure like to get a hold of them because I'd like to compare what I've got in comparison to what they've got. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, and it hasn't stopped. It's still going on to this day. But I can't go out and I can't take a normal photograph, like at a wedding or a graduation. I have to let my wife do it. Like it ever? Very embarrassing. You can never take an ordinary photograph. I, I haven't been able to no, because without spirit somewhere showing up in on you know in the photograph. And it doesn't matter if I'm using my digital camera or if I'm using my video. Okay. I did a Civil War burial service. Uh, last year and i told the guy i said okay i'll videotape it but here's what i'm capable of doing don't be surprised if this or that shows up well lo and behold things were showing up coming out of the tombstones out of the grave i've got polaroid pictures of that and he wanted 15 copies to uh put on a dvd which my son puts those things on there for me and it started out with 15 copies and it ended up being 30 or 40. Really, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let Ben finish his questions here, so I'll have my chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always, there's always time. So, why do you feel that you have a ta well talent or maybe curse for uh, paranormal photography? 
Well, I was why told. Do you feel, what, why you? Well, that's what I wondered. I thought, of all the millions of people in the world, why why was it me that, that's getting these photographs? Well, there are so others. I went to a psychic, and uh, I showed her my best photographs that I had had, and she said that I was an empath, empathetic. I had uh-huh. kinetic energy, and these spirits related to me. They got attached to me and were, in a sense, pleased that I recognized them in the spiritual world, somebody from the physical world. And ever since then, it, I, can, I can do it. Hmm. And my whole purpose of putting that story out there on the Internet, and by the way, if it wasn't for my wife, uh, the story probably would have never got out there because she's good with the computer. She made the website for me. She got my story out there, and I've had gosh knows how many positive comments back on it. Hmm. And that was my point to, is to tell people that once you're dead and you're gone, it's not over. I mean, there's another life out there, a parallel world right right next to ours hmm. so these experiences is that why you think uh is that why you got into the paranormal or um were you always interested in the paranormal um i was always i was always interested in it and uh but i never thought it would lead me to where you know where it's led me now hmm. that's funny uh Jim and I encountered one another in a rather odd way. Once in a great while, with bated breath, I took take a look at what they're saying about my books on Amazon.com. Now, one day not long ago, I happened to see a good review of Footsteps in the Attic by a Jim Kelly, only a Jim Kelly from Texas, who said mm-hmm. he headed a paranormal group that has started to use our methods and theories and multiverse thinking rather than the more traditional spiritualism. I thought it might be interesting to have him on the show to see how all that was going. I did an internet search for Jim Kelly and the paranormal, and when I emailed it him, it turned out to be another Jim Kelly, another paranormal <laughs> Jim Kelly. Yeah. Now, so, uh, Jim Kelly from New York. Now, we talked on the phone, and voila, here he is with us this evening. So, so that, that's how we made this connection. So, Jim, before we get into theory, uh, let's talk about the pictures you sent. And I'd love to see some of these others, because it's pretty amazing. Uh, what you say. Two of which, uh, two of these are posted at the Talking Points page on BehindTheParanormal.com at the main page. If anybody happens to be listening on a computer, I know a lot of people do. Uh, click on the Show Talking Points on the left from the main page or any page, and then the 2013 shows. And this show is right at the top of the column there. And you'll see two pictures. Uh, listeners can follow along as we talk about these. That's the trouble with radio if you're listening on a radio. <laughs> yeah. Photo number one is taken at the intersection of two dirt roads. It has a lineup, a line of dump trucks in the background, and in the center is a tree with some very interesting balls of light. Where is that? This vortex you were talking about, or if not, oh. where was it taken, and what's the backstory okay. of this picture? Right where you see the orbs to the far right, you can see about three big branches coming out, and that's actually where the vortex was. I was actually across from it on that dirt road when I took the photo of these orbs. Oh, so this isn't in the middle of town or anything? No, this is out out in the country. Oh, okay. Yep. All right, what are and all the dump trucks doing that, there? Uh, they're paving the main road, which would have been called Wagner Hill, okay. up there. Because this road you're looking at, the dirt one, that's a dead end. That goes up where the haunted house in Hinsdale is, and it, end, it just ends up there. Okay. But if you notice, the top orb of the three is almost starting to manifest into a face. All right. What do so, you? What do you? All right. Okay, I want to. I want to get them up here. So. Oh yeah, you want to. You want to take a look at the pictures. All right. So um, I see that the, the uh, oh, actually let's let, let's uh, 
Well, in other words, you know, so how how long has this been going on? Well, well I get. Yeah, actually, I was mean. I, I I wanted to ask uh, that this too. This has been going on for oh almost two years. It'll be two years in November. Okay. And I'm not really an orb specialist. Yeah. But in the last four or five months, I've been getting a lot of orbs. Now, whenever I go up on that road, there's two orbs that constantly follow me, and I photograph them. So I'm thinking that they're either soulmates or they're connected in in some way. But uh, I photograph them them constantly. Well, we actually are coming up on our break here. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt oh, yeah, we you. Are. Yeah. Just fascinating here. Okay. Okay, well, we're going to continue this after the break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio and our very interesting guest this evening, Jim Kelly from Western New York, uh, photographer, paranormal extraordinaire, and we will be right back, so stick with us. Seeking guidance in areas of love, career, and family? Kimmy Rose and Friends provides access to gifted psychics and is just a call away at 1-888-626-7386. Visit KimmyRose.com. That's Kimmy with an I-E. And click on the link to Kimmy Rose and Friends under Kimmy's picture on the right. Choose your advisor and click on their link below. If they're not immediately available, schedule an appointment with them. Kimmy Rose and Friends connecting you with psychic advisors, Kimmy trust.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Yeah, believe it or not, and we're back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And with us is Jim Kelly with talking about uh, the paranormal photography and the crazy paranormal things that happen to him while he takes photos anywhere he goes and right now we're looking at um on our uh talking points page of our show website behind the paranormal.com and i'm looking at one of these uh photos that has three orbs in it and they're all so clear i mean i don't even know how anybody could say this is dust like I've, well i don't know i can't i can't you know, as one who, and i always say this in lectures i learned photography at your expense jim and the U.S. military, and uh, mm-hmm. however, I must say that after forty over forty years of looking at these paranormal photographs, th- these are uh, good candidates, I'd say, for a legitimate paranormal photograph, and you know, without having it tested and all this. Yeah, have you ever sent these to uh, photo experts? Uh, no, never, never done that. Yeah, all, our, all ours no. goes through that, but you know, I don't think anybody can say this is definitely. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's they just... can say they shouldn't be there. Yeah, exactly. And that to me means something. You know? Yeah. So did you... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you feel uh, compelled to stop and take pictures at certain times or certain places without really knowing why? Uh, yes, I've gone through that. <laughs> I go through awesome. that a lot with uh, my wife, Carrie. We were saying, John, yeah. the fact this must be unbelievably annoying if, like, it's mm. your daughter's wedding or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And everyone will go and get in the act. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. very careful where we go with the camera and what, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just go out on a photo shoot of my own, you know, to see what I can get and stuff. Yeah. You know, then they, I get them all blown up into an eight by ten, and then the real, real good ones I get eleven by fourteen. Okay, uh, now I'm looking at the second photo on our talking points page at behindtheparanormal.com, and there's a uh, a ceiling fan and a bright light, which seems to be diffused uh, with a hint of some orbs. What's the background on that picture? Okay, our little pomeranian woke us up one night, barking, barking, sitting in our doorway, staring up at the fan. We got up, there were three orbs floating around the ceiling so i grabbed the camera real quick and that's what i ended up with you can see the one is almost starting to manifest into a face he's mm-hmm. actually going into the uh stovepipe of our pellet stove okay now they're all as i just mentioned i learned photography uh professionally and it, it, for 35 years as a journalist i've used it but you know i guess you still doesn't mean you know everything. Uh, there are so, there's all kinds of questions that might arise from the viewpoint of, of photography, and we ask the same ones uh, when we ourselves get strange stuff in photos. Uh, what kind mm-hmm. of camera? You, you mentioned you have a uh, standard camera. Oh, and yeah. You mentioned a digital. Yeah, it's just a cheap uh, digital p- Polaroid. all it is. Nothing fancy about it. Nothing. I didn't know Polaroid was still in business. Yeah. When I first started doing this, Believe it or not, I was using a $15 track phone that had the camera, you know, right in it. Mm -hmm. But the photos, I mean, they came out okay, but they had, like, the little pixels in them. But, so I don't do that anymore. I just go with the straight digital. I started out in 1971 with a a, a Kodak Instamatic Oh, I remember those. Camera. Remember those? That that was high-tech. Oh, yeah. You didn't have to wind the film. You just threw the cartridge in there, and bingo, boy, it was high-tech. But that's... How I started out and got my first pictures on that one. Um, yeah. There are again. Uh, uh, do you do you make any notes of the kind of camera or the lighting conditions or the time of day or anything like that? I know you don't do this professionally, but uh, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I just the thing with digital cameras, Jim, as as I'm sure you know, is that they will uh, interpret things. Uh, they will try to make sense out of things like this. Uh, I have seen, and as, as I'm sure you have, uh, dust on the lens. Uh, there are mm-hmm. there are orb pictures that I have that I know for a fact are snowflakes. I took them myself in snowy conditions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things of that kind. So I, I, I assume you are careful with that oh, sort Oh, I'm of very thing. careful with that and the video both. Now, okay. the one orb here where the ceiling uh, fan is, I've got the 8 and 10, 8 by 10 in front of me. If you take that and you turn it left so it's up oblong, yeah. In the blade of the fan is a family sitting there in the 1800s. There's a woman sitting down. Uh, the blade uh, on the right, little... if you're looking at it, right side? Of... Yes, yes. Okay. Yep, there's yeah. a family there. They got a pet dog that's down at the very bottom, and the man standing behind the woman with his hands like on her shoulders. I see something in there. Okay, let's... Um... I have to open up Photoshop. Well, and... let, let's get into some theory here. Hmm. All right, uh, orbs, the nature of orbs. Mm-hmm. I... I one of the problems I had when I first started out was, and I, and I was a seminary student, I started out from with theological preconceptions when I went on the mm-hmm. first case. As a matter of fact, what I was trying to do, as we discussed on the phone, was uh, find out if maybe ghosts, which were well known to pretty much all cult- cultures and everywhere and geographically, were what might have been interpreted by Catholic doctrine at the time as uh, souls in purgatory. I wondered if there was a connection. And I did not find anything of the kind from day one, but I was um, intrigued by what I did find. And that was uh, no indication whatsoever that these people were dead. And I'm talking about this, my my first case, which was 1971 in this little abandoned village in northeast Connecticut. It was so abandoned, it was all overgrown, around till about the 1890s. the sounds of farm life, uh, strange picture streaks moving through the trees, uh, animals, you know, barking and mooing and this sort of thing, and the farm implements banging together. Daily life, sounds of daily life when there was no one mm-hmm. we could see. Uh, ox cart going by with uh, wheels and, and hoof, hoof beats and the guy yelling and the whip cracking. I mean, what? What's the, they, are these dead people? I mean, what's are there ghosts of ox carts and and that's yeah. what really kind of got me so as as you take pictures if i got pictures of somebody who appeared to be a, a family from the 19th century mm-hmm. i i don't know my interpretation might be a, a parallel world in which they're still alive but your interpretation is a little different and you live in deepest darkest spiritualist country <laughs> not too <laughs> yeah. far from where the fox sisters mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. were um, carrying on in the 1840s and, and the modern spiritualism got started. You know, I, I speak of it with respect because we could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I, I've just never seen it that way. So in, in your point of view, are, is there a physical world and a spirit world with all these different people in it? I mean, how, how do you see the universe? I and mean, how do you see that? What, what's behind all this, in mm-hmm. your opinion? Well, there's a, there's definitely a, a a universe parallel right right to us. Whether they're they well, passed on or they're actually you know, living in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I've taken another picture of the vortex, and there's like uh, angel women in it, like sitting on branches with the white robes and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you know that's got me baffled. And the one we, I sent you four pictures, and yeah. the one is not there, but the one down at the bottom of the road. There is a uh, 
creature right in the middle of the field. He's got pointed ears, and he's got a pig face. And I was told by an anthropologist, archaeologist, ghost excavator, that this is a manator. He's half beast or whatever. And this same gentleman is coming back to our area the end of this month, and he wants to look at more of my pictures because I've got some other strange-looking creatures like Bigfoot in, in a couple of my photos, and he's can't wait to get back here to look at them. That's very interesting. Uh, now, I, this is a good time maybe to introduce uh, Father Alphonsus Trebold. Now, oh, yes. you live in Olean, New York, which is uh, the home of St. Bonaventure University. Right. And I, uh, in 1973, was out there as a seminary student because I, we, several of us went out there from my seminary, and we were considering mm -hmm. asking our bishops to send us to St. Bonaventure, which had a, a major seminary, as we called it at the time. And right. uh, that's when I, I, and I had known Father Alphonsus, uh, was getting it on through Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, he was a great researcher in the paranormal. Um, yeah. Was yeah. already ordained, so we didn't get in trouble the way I did. And mm -hmm. he uh, was a Franciscan. And uh, did, did you know him? I didn't know him, no, but that's oh, where I'm Alex Tannis came into play, too. Okay, well, you through tell Al us. Father Alfonso. Could you tell us about that? Well, he's the one um, that went, actually went up to the house, Father Alfonso and Alex Tannis, and they did an exorcism up there at the house. Well, did this his house? Yes. Okay. It worked for a while, but then about six months later, it, things just started in again, and it finally drove the family out of there, and they, they left. See, that, that's what I found, and I was involved in a number of exorcisms of people in the context of a psychiatric hospital, all very hush-hush, of course, mm -hmm. and um, I, uh, there we go, Ben, and I was just um, really under the impression that something more was going on here. It mm -hmm. seemed to me that the people who were involved in, uh, you know, who were the victims, were almost bonding with mm -hmm. whatever this entity was. It certainly were entities. Yeah. And I'm just really, I don't know, I just there was so much more to it. The theology just didn't do it for me. What say mm -hmm. you on negative entities, parasites uh, that are customarily known as demons, whatever you want to call them? What's your opinion on that? And then have you run into them even in your photographs? Uh, I've got some nasty-looking things, yes, in some of my photographs. But I've also got a very strong religious faith, and I think that's for protecting yeah. me. Because these spirits actually followed us to our home here where we had them in the house. That can happen, yeah. And it was suggested to me, we'll put sea salt around. I thought, well, yeah, if you do that, you're going to keep them trapped in here. They won't get out. So <laughs> I just had a talk with them one night. I said, hey, if, you, if you're going to stay here, you're going to be decent. Otherwise, we have not had a problem. There is okay. one spirit dog that still comes in and plays with my little dog. We've called her Snowball. She's a little white Maltese. And she shows up in a lot of my photographs, and it doesn't matter where I go, she shows up in a lot of them. And there's one person, he wears a robe, got a, uh, like a belt, and he's always reading a book. So my wife has called him the scholar, because he's always reading something. So if he's and a spirit wizard, what does branches. Okay. What's that? No, I'm just, I'm just saying, is, uh, so there, there are... See, this is what bothered me. Are there spirits of books? I mean, you know, and another thing that bothered me is how can you be you without your body? Because your body's part of you. So in yeah. what I've run into, and I've had physical contacts with what I believe were parasites in, in the, the midst of poltergeist cases that 
that uh, seems to have bodies and bone structure. You couldn't see them very well, or if at all, uh-huh. but they, you know, we have a physical tussle. I was trying to protect a little girl, and that that bit bothered me. I mean, if these are spirits, why, why this? Uh, so, I mean, what in your view is the nature of these spirits? And maybe you haven't thought a lot about this because you seem like you know your person who uh, simply has this this gift and and just well, I don't know if they're it. caught in limbo or if you know if yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. Just sharing my thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but boy, I wish I could too. sit down with you sometime and, and, and show you the photographs I've got. They would absolutely I would love to knock that. your yeah. socks off. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so do you, have you actually investigated cases or what kind of cases have you run into lately? Uh, I haven't investigated cases, but I've had some paranormal people and groups want to sort of use me they uh, want me to track yeah. them down with my camera and okay. then they want to take all the credit with their evps and sure. i don't morally feel that that's right well i agree with you we're, we're going to stop right there for another break and we'll get back on that subject when we come back you're listening to right. behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno on cbs new sky radio we'll be right back with jim kelly in just a minute so stay with us Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where leading spiritual experts serve as guides to nourish your soul. Every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lear. PSI 911 with Katie, Rhonda, and Christy. Life by Number with Celeste. And your Reiki journey with Heidi Harrison. Spiritually Speaking Radio for the Soul. CBS Radio's The Sky. Believe. Now I've been happy lately, thinking about the good things to come, and I believe it could be something good has begun. Oh, I've been smiling lately. Dreaming about the world as one And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of darkness There is a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country Come take me home again I've been smiling lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun. Oh, peace train sounding louder. Light on the peace train. Ooh, ooh. Come on, the peace train. It's peace train, holy roller. Everyone jump upon the peace train. Come on. Good friends too A cause it's getting nearer It soon will be with you Come and join the living It's not so far from you And it's getting nearer Soon it will all be true Oh, peace train sounding louder Crying lately, thinking about the world as it is. 
Why must we go on hating? Why can't we live in bliss? Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a beast tamed Come on, the beast train It's beast train, the holy rolling And everyone jump up on the beast train Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're speaking with our guest, Jim Kelly of Western New York, who is a uh, photographer of the paranormal par excellence. And to the point where every time he goes out and takes a picture, uh, he gets something strange in it. And uh, so, Jim... We um, were wondering when you get, when you have some sort of contact, you know, you said some things came back to your house at one point, and that, that's a danger with these, these people who go out ghost hunting as if they're trying to catch butterflies. I mean, I just, we, we're very nervous about that and do not encourage it. How do you know what you see is what you get? In other words, how do you know that, and this is, and I know you're, you're a man uh, who has, has experience at this, and we always warn that. You have to be very careful what you're dealing with because you don't know if what it's telling you is the truth. You don't know if, if, it's, if it's what it appears to be, and it can be very misleading and destructive and even outright dangerous. What say you on that? Have you ever had an experience where you thought you were dealing with something, even in a photograph, and it turned out to be something else? Uh, no, but I was warned about that when I uh, had a meeting with the first medium that this whole deal could have been the other way around. I could have had bad things had followed me. Well, luckily for me, I didn't. Yeah. How do you, uh, do you deal a lot with mediums and psychics, or do you, do you consider yourself to be one? Uh, no, I do not consider my, myself to be one. But the first one we saw, we took her a picture that I had taken of the vortex, and right across from the vortex is what they have. It's called a stepping stone. We're back in the 1800s. The stagecoaches and the horses would pull up, and people would get down off of that. I showed her that photo, and that one, by the way, has a woman's face coming right out of the side of the rock. And when she touched that one, she got sick to her stomach, very lightheaded, and had to put it back down on the table for a minute to get her composure. And that she said she felt more energy on that side of the road than she did where the actual vortex is, which is 30 feet from, from that. Mm. Okay, I, yeah, that um, I can tell you some of the things that happen to me sometimes, or not me, but both of us in certain situations that would kind of knock your socks off too. Um, I, I'm just wondering um, if you again, if you if your interpretation of this as well, well you uh, let me let me go back to something you said. You mm-hmm. you had um, a lot of photographs, and and as evidence, you feel that uh, there is an afterlife. And people have felt comforted by this, and you know, I, I can I can accept that. But what bothers me is, is what what makes you think these are dead people? 
What makes anybody think these are dead people? I think that's maybe the only explanation we can think of. I don't know. Well, that's so, a good yeah. question, yeah. I mean, as I say, wow. my first case, I didn't run into any, what I felt were dead people at all. They were very active. Because what I'm photographing is not fog, mist, half people or half the bodies. It's their whole body with whatever period in time clothes they had on it. That yeah. time is what I'm getting. Well, that's what struck me in, in a lot mm -hmm. of those cases was uh, maybe it's more to do with time and uh, some of the more extreme versions of physics than it is with any kind of death. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at modern physics now with the, uh, the whole multiverse idea, you, death is impossible, even mm -hmm. for the body, because you're alive in so many worlds. And theologically, I can see where, you know, I, I don't know if you grew up as a Roman Catholic, I guess you did. Uh, I don't know if you had nuns in school, but they say, oh, you know, the, God created the universe out of love for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, how much more love could be expressed than creating every every possible version of us and every possible version of events? I mean, that's what mm -hmm. seemed to strike me. So, mm -hmm. so uh, there we have it. Anyway, um, have you ever? And we talked about this a little bit during the break. Have you ever uh, encountered uh, what I suppose we both might call multiversal creatures or transdimensional, whatever inadequate term we can use, um, aside from just humans? In photographs, have you encountered uh, strange yes. animals? Or, can you tell us yes. about some of those? I've got some pig-faced things. I've got some very nasty-looking, distorted faces. In fact, i got one on my camera that I haven't uh, yeah. got blown up yet. But yes. And did you, you described one with, with, uh, with the beaks? Um, there's one that's got pointed ears. He's got a, it's got a pig face. Yeah, this pig face kind of thing is something the uh, the Warren, Settler and Rain Warren, were always talking about. Yeah, I was with right. and yeah. that uh, you get in. Now, I I never encountered that myself, but they mm -hmm. were involved. Yeah, I've in got some... a good picture of that. <laughs> really? Okay, well, let's see. Yeah. I've seen them, but I mean, I've never gotten one mm -hmm. myself. How about nice things? <laughs> nice non-human creatures in your photos? Nice things. Uh, I get a lot of uh, uh, dogs, cats. Uh, lion type looking faces in my pictures and I can hear half the audience going aha so there must be afterlife for animals I mean, oh I believe well, that absolutely oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah. well, we don't we don't see it as an afterlife we see it as, as just just plain life I mean, you know, just, but I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed since I've been doing this in the very beginning the characters in my photographs they like would hide I would have to maybe turn the, the picture upside down or sideways and then I can see them and now that's something of the past. Now they're just looking right straight at me. And that's what's bothering me about my last couple of months, my photographs, like I mentioned earlier, they're getting more and more religious looking. Now, I don't know if somebody's trying to tell me something upstairs or, or what's going on, but that's just, interesting. You know, uh, I don't know where it's going to lead me or where it's going to end, but I'll see it through one way or the other. So you feel that whatever's in the photo is knows that you're there. Oh yeah, I, I yeah I, I really believe that yeah. See we we yep. I rarely get that. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've how much you know about us or you ever heard us on coast, but we, we were the we we talk about um, uh, some we, we really went out on a limb last time we were on there and we, we yeah. talked about the next few years what we see. Now this is not now this is no kind of. No kind of prophecy or revelation or anything like that. It's just, just impressions and feelings. Observations. And observations and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, 
the next few years just do not in this in our particular realm of the corner of the multiverse here just do not seem to be to me that terrific. Um, I, I don't know. Some of this comes from my military background and analysis. Uh, sometimes, not you know, not that I was some big cheese or anything, but looking at the uh, the political situation, it doesn't look too good. Uh, right. You've got a lot of um, overwhelming problems that our leaders in most countries just do not seem to be able to grasp or handle. Mm-hmm. You have nuclear weapons all over the place. Uh, I know right. there were at least a hundred. Uh, I believe it's a hundred uh, satchel-sized nuclear devices from the right. old Soviet Union. Right, and if you look at it biblically, you can see all the pieces starting to fit together now, how it's supposed to be. Well, you can, and uh, well, I don't know if the the biblical scenario is exactly right, but a pro- it, it's something like it probably is. I mean, all, mm-hmm. every tradition has some kind of thing like that. But I mean, not to get nuts here, but I mean, I just, I don't know, I, I might say that, that if your interpretation of what you're getting is correct, and if these are really you know, some sort of positive creatures. And I will tell you that, that then you may be right. And I'll tell you that, that we do run into all sorts of what we believe are multiversal neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that they're from heaven or anything. Maybe, you know, I guess whatever that may mean. And we, we all hopefully are. Uh, but the impression that I'm getting is that they are just as nervous as we are about what's happening sort of in the multiversal neighborhood. And this goes back to, I suppose, what you might biblically call demons. Uh, we call them parasites. I find their theology is not quite the same as ours, or maybe even doesn't even exist. Yeah, right. But uh, in any case, whatever they are, they're not good, and they, they prey upon us, and uh, that's that's the thing. And I, so, so I'm talking in a roundabout way about uh, sort of agreeing with what, what you may be, be seeing there. I think there, there are communications that are attempting to be made to keep us in touch with one another across these world boundaries and kind of stick together with our neighbors, so to speak. And I think it, it mm-hmm. comes down to that. And a lot of the ones we meet are oblivious, they're neutral or don't care or don't know. Some are negative, some are very positive. There's everything out there, just as there's everything in our own society, you know. So right. uh, that might be one reason that things are perhaps getting more positive in your photographs. Are you noticing any, noticing any other patterns in your photography as you go? Uh, I've gotten some material things. I took a picture off a bridge once down into a creek, and lo and behold, right in the middle of that, showed up a little A-frame house. And not only was the house there, but it had a light on in it. Then you take the photograph, you turn it sideways, and you got a guy that looks, well, he looks like Albert Einstein. He's got the white hair down, just like Albert Einstein would look, yes. looking at the house. And this is in the same photograph. Very interesting. See, we'd say that these are you know, shots across world boundaries where there really is a house and really is a guy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's our interpretation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, uh, has been um, kind of interesting, too, is is that uh, I was telling you about Jerry Warner. Now, Jerry's been on the show, and I'll, I'll never get over this as long as I live. Uh, he has a, an ability similar to yours, but he gets all sorts of very interesting uh, cloud-like or smoke-like creatures, and I just just knowing what I do about photography, which is not everything, but I have been professionally trained in it. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't interpret that as somebody faking uh, smoke art, as sometimes is yeah. done, or this kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Mainly because the first one that he sent me was a creature I had actually encountered, uh, as I mentioned during the break, a very beautiful uh, lion-like creature with, with a uh, beautiful face and a very positive uh, aura of energy around it and actually encountered uh, in our old place uh, 
in Cumberland, Rhode Island, one of the uh, evenings I was out at, there's a little hut we had out there, a little, um, almost like a little cabin uh, that I used for prayer and meditation. And I came out one evening and ran right into one of these beautiful creatures. We're standing right there in the woods. And it kind of looked at me very peacefully and then turned and walked away. I could hear its footsteps in the uh, uh, leaves and everything else. So um, if you ever get anything like that, uh, let us know if you would. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be great. So, uh, But there do seem to be patterns among people such as yourself. Uh, other people are telling us they are getting different kinds of images now, more positive images. Many people who encounter, I suppose, shamanic people, uh, who encounter creatures are encountering different ones, and there seems to be sort of a trend toward something that's coming, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know what it is, but I tend to suspect it's some kind of a, some kind of a thing that, uh, if you're yeah. aware of it, you'd be better off. But in any case, we are coming up on another break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino on CBS News Sky Radio. Stick with us. We'll be right back with Jim Kelly. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call me 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and to my left is Paul. And with us, we have uh, Jim Kelly. And we're talking of, well, the paranormal in general, the implications of all the, of seeing all these interesting beings. Now, there's actually one question I forgot to ask, and I just looked at a note that I made. And what is the Hinsdale Haunted House? I, I never asked that when, at what the beginning it? of the show. Yeah, what, what exactly is it? What, what happens there? Like, what's the story about that place? Uh, the spirits still linger around up there. Uh, back in the late 1700s, early 1800s, it was a stagecoach route. And these people were getting killed. They were taking them up the road and putting them in the bottom of this of this house in a, like a oh like a stairwell type of thing. And as time went by, nobody knew you know the houses. Nobody knew they were there. And then that's where Alphonsus uh, from Saint Bonaventure came up with Alex Tanis, and he said some of them died naturally, but most of them were murdered. They were murdered because of uh, either the money they had at the time, the jewelry or the furs they may have had for sale, and they were stuffing these bodies up in the house. And these souls were just were not at rest. And there was one girl in particular, probably in her 20s, that uh, did not want to leave. Well, they finally exercised her and got her out of the house. But then, like I said earlier, months later, the whole thing just started up again. And I believe that girl that was in the house, that I've got her on video uh, wandering around down by the vortex because it sure sounds very familiar as how they described her as she was back then. So Father Alphonsus exercised someone he thought was human? Yes. That would have gotten uh, that's yeah, not he, really theological that would have gotten him in serious He, he blessed the whole house. And you pray for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from that point of view. Well, that's interesting. I never heard that before. I Again, I didn't know him well. Uh, mm-hmm. I sort of met him through the Warrens. Uh, but in any case, the, the whole notion of, uh, well, because our interpretation of that situation would be that when you have terrible trauma of that kind, you, you it sends out echoes through space-time and across various worlds. And when you're in one, you might pick up the... Uh, I don't. We don't. I don't. I've never found that it's a ghost. I found this the actual person at the actual time having the actual event. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but that. But that's that's my interpretation. Uh, let's and get now into, they've turned. Get, they've sorry? turned the house into an active uh, paranormal thing. People can go up there, stay overnight, do their own oh, investigation. That's just wonderful. Because that just stuff. makes it worse if there really is anything going on. Well, that's what I thought about that's it. That's a terrible mistake. That exact thought. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess you have to be over 60 to really see the dangers. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. But in any case, I wanted to ask you, only got a few minutes left, I wanted to ask you about orbs. Uh, how many photos, what percentage of your photos would you say uh, are entirely orbs or at least have orbs in them? Oh, very so As opposed to guys waving from the 19th century or something. Mm, I probably got about 10 photographs with orbs in them. Okay. 
All right. And then in the one photo, there's also a thing that almost looks like a dinosaur. It's got the shiny nose coming down with the two big black eyes, and that's one of the things that uh, John Sable is going to look at when he comes back here at the end of the month. Funny you bring that up. We had uh, some listeners from Australia write that they uh, were a retired couple about our age looking out the window saying they actually saw a dinosaur walk by their window, mm-hmm. much oh, yeah. to their surprise. Yeah. And um, kind of lived not in the outback, but you know, not in a time. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting uh, note, and they yeah. had they were familiar with our theories and figured they were having a time warp kind of thing. Yeah. But in any case, um, so as far as what orbs may be, our interpretation is that they are, you know, except because you see faces in them. I think mm-hmm. generally they are um, either looks across the boundaries or uh, s- uh, plasma-based life forms, something that astrobiologists have speculated about, mm-hmm. uh, uh, plasma-based life forms that feed around world boundaries. So I don't know. Uh, I guess what, what your interpretation is they're spirits or, I mean, anybody could be right. I only, I say they're spirits because of, of some of the faces that I've seen them trying to manifest in, that there's some kind of... Yeah. There's something more there, you know. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. I'm really uh, happy that you guys had me on tonight because that puts me with some real elite company, the past guests that you've had. I've oh, talked yeah. to well, Stan Friedman place. before on some of my photos when this first all started. You know, I'd talk to him, and he says, well, I'm the UFO thing. I says, yeah, I know, and I was telling him what I had and stuff, and he says, well, you ought to get a hold of this person, get a hold of that person. Kind of went from there. Oh, you know Stan Friedman? Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to get in it. Have you done any th- much work on UFOs? Or? Um, I was always interested in it, yeah. Never got any pictures of anything like, you know, that. Interesting. But, well, yeah. the possibility for another show. We'll be seeing, mm-hmm. we'll be seeing Stan in a few, uh, well, next month at the New mm-hmm. England yep. UFO Conference, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you should enter the contest. Yeah. So, anyway, so Jim Kelly, thank you very much. And uh, would you tell us once more uh, about your website and... Um, few words about what you've got planned in the future. Okay, my website is www.livingwiththeparanormal.weebly.com. My email address is paranormaljim at roadrunner.com. And I'll probably continue on doing what I've been doing, but maybe just slow it down a little bit or get any phone calls of anybody that, you know, thinks I'm off my rocker and would like to see him. Hey, they're more than welcome to look at sure, my photographs. Well, we hope to see yep. them ourselves very soon. Oh, Jim, that would be nice. Excellent. Well, Jim, it's been a pleasure, and thank you so much. We'll be in touch uh, off the air, I'm sure. All righty. Thank you. Okay, very good. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Now. Okay, Jim Kelly, everybody. Now, um, on December 8th, we are scheduled to do our 500th show. Boy, time flies when you're having fun. Mm. And that will be right here on CBS New Sky. Uh, we'd like to hear your suggestions for what you would like us to do with that show. Let us know which guest you might like to have back or whether you'd like Ben and I to hit a certain paranormal subject from our own experiences we sometimes do. Or, or have a different guest have altogether. A different guest. Yep, someone uh, we might not have had on before. So let us know on uh, the Behind the Paranormal show, show page on Facebook. We're trying to get people to use that to communicate with us because the form on our site uh, can't be used anymore for complicated reasons. Mm. So people are just doing And my it. email barely works, so... Yeah, well, we're, we're working. We have these technical glitches. Yeah. So drop, or, or you can drop me an email. Mine works at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or ben at behindtheparanormal.com. I can receive email, but I can't answer. Yeah, so at least you're communicating one way. Yes. Like a yeah. half a medium. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Or you can write to us, uh, plain old snail mail at Behind the Paranormal Radio and TV, care of Winsock- uh, WON 1240 AM, 985 Park Avenue, Winsocket, Rhode Island. 
And uh, we were running out of time here, so... Um, well, you can visit our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 500 free podcasts of all our past shows. Also, check out our site at www.NewEnglandGhosts.com, where you can uh, find case studies, photos, along with articles by my dad. And uh, many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson. And next week, we will welcome back our old friend, John Burroughs, who has just co-authored a book on the Rendlesham Forest UFO, UFO case, to which he was an eyewitness. He's also going to tell us about what he's gone through as a veteran. Mm. U.S. Air Force in the, the wake of that that case. In the meantime, tune into our Boston and Providence Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific every Monday. Alrighty, so we're going to leave you with a quote this evening after switching around our lines from Greek philosopher Epictetus. Uh, Epictetus. Alright, there, there is only one way to uh, to happiness, and that is to cease worrying about things which are beyond the power of our will. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.